Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues his series in the Gospel of Matthew with his sermon entitled, God Always Wins, preached on January 19, 1997. The book of Matthew, we will turn to chapter 2. We want to consider the passage beginning with verse 13 to the end of that passage. God always wins. In Genesis 3, after the fall, we are told of the enmity that was between the offspring of the serpent and that of the woman. God put that enmity. He said, I will put enmity. It is an enmity, a hatred between Satan and Christ. It is also an enmity between the people of Satan and the people of Christ Jesus. In Matthew chapter 2, we clearly see this enmity in that the seed of the serpent, Herod and his cronies, seek with all their ingenuity to kill the seed of the Virgin Mary, the son of David, the son of God, the king, the savior of the world. Herod and his men would not bow down and worship Jesus Christ. But let me assure you, all Herods must fail. And God who works out all things in accordance with the counsel of his own will must win. The God of the Bible always wins. He never fails. Heaven and earth may pass away, but our God shall never fail. Now we look at this Herod and he is, you could see him waiting for the return of the wise men. Herod sent the Magi, the wise men to Bethlehem. With the royal instruction to diligently seek out this child. Worship, yes, but report to him. He tried to use them as spies. They trusted Herod the serpent. Yet let me tell you, Herod is in the hand of God. And let me assure you, everyone is in the hand of God. Satan himself is in the hand of God. He is a finite creature. Only God alone is sovereign. So in a dream, God warned the Magi not to return to Herod and go back another way. Now Herod is angry, very angry. He was outwitted. He felt mocked. But let me tell you, the Magi did not mock him at all. Who mocked him? The sovereign God mocked him. So we read in Psalm 2, why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains They say and throw off their fetters. 
the one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. It is God Almighty who is mocking and scoffing every rebellion of every man, every woman, every nation. You remember there was an Assyrian king by name Sennacherib who mocked Hezekiah and his God. He threatened Hezekiah with total destruction. But listen to what God spoke of this mighty Assyrian king. If you turn with me to the book of Isaiah, the 37th chapter, there it is recorded. Beginning with verse 22. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. He heard what everybody else said. But now this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Because you have prayed to me concerning Sennacherib, king of Assyria. This is the word of the Lord. Against him, the virgin daughter of Zion despises and mocks you. The daughter of Jerusalem tosses her head as you flee. Who is it you have insulted and blasphemed? Against whom you have raised your voice and lifted your eyes in pride? Against the Holy One of Israel. Look at verse 28. But I know where you stay. And when you come and when you go. And how you rage against me. Because you rage against me. And because your insolence has reached my ears. I'll put my hook in your nose. And my bit in your mouth. And I will make you return by the way you came. Let's look at verse 35. I will defend this city and save it for my sake. And for the sake of David my servant. Then an angel, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death a hundred and eighty-five thousand men in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning, there were all the dead bodies. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp and withdrew. He returned to Nineveh and stayed there, and he was murdered by his own sons. I say it is a futile attempt to raise our heels against the Almighty God. Herod, you will be dead and you will fail. Our God is long-suffering. We read that in the Bible. It's amazing how long-suffering our God is. He, he puts up with men and their insolence, their pride, their arrogance. They're spitting at God and throwing his word out in the dirt. Yet in his appointed time, he will put down all rebellion. Already in Christ, God has crushed the head of the serpent on the cross. And in his second coming, he will do the mop-up job. That is the story of the whole Bible and particularly of the last book, Revelation. So you see, God, the sovereign one, will not allow this baby to be destroyed by Herod. 
So he wants Joseph in a dream. Not only the Magi were given revelation by God. Not to return to Herod. In a dream the angel warned Joseph of the hidden hatred of Herod. To destroy Jesus. You see man doesn't know much. Joseph didn't know much. I don't know much either. But there is a God who knows what is in your heart. He is the omniscient one. Before whom all are naked. Herods of the world would not tolerate any competition. But the problem is neither does God tolerate any competition. And in this determination. God alone wins. Righteous Joseph was guided before by the angel. In a dream he was told to receive his wife. As a result we know that he immediately obeyed the counsel of God. And took Mary home as his wife. As we read in chapter 1. He was righteous. He believed. He obeyed. He gave instant obedience to divine revelation. Now the angel warns him again of the imminent danger of which Joseph was totally unaware. But our God knows. Jehovah Jireh. Our God is omniscient. Our God is sovereign. The wise men were warned. And so the wise men the same night got up and left another way to the east to their home. And not only that, Joseph was warned the same night. And listen to what God says in the dream. The angel speaks. Get up. Take the child and his mother. Flee to Egypt. Stay until I tell you. God commands. And of course he gave a reason why he should do this. And the reason is they are seeking to kill the child. God knows. God understood. God has a plan. And the righteous Joseph again obeys the word of God. Here is the righteous Joseph again. You notice instant obedience. Jesus said if you know these things. Blessed are you if you do them. Jesus said if you love me you shall keep my commandments. Love serves, love obeys. I said blessing is not in the hearing. Blessing is in the hearing and doing. Have we ever wondered why we are not blessed? In spite of all the hearing of the word. Have you ever wondered? Let me give you the answer. Hearing alone can only increase our guilt. Hearing alone can only increase our depression, our fear, our anxiety. Doing brings with it great blessing. And so you notice Joseph in a hurry. Joseph obeyed. Same night. Didn't have much to pack, of course. He was a poor man. Same night. He got up. He took the child and the mother. Left. Immediately. Under cover of darkness. King's business requires haste. So we read in Psalm 119 and verse 60. 
I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Now you understand why some of us are not blessed in spite of all the hearing. To obey is better than sacrifice. In the cover of darkness, Joseph leaves to Egypt. He leaves in a southwesterly direction from Bethlehem. Centuries ago, Jacob was directed by God to go to Egypt. Turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 46. And beginning with verse 2. And God spoke to Israel in a vision at night and said, Jacob, Jacob, here I am. He replied, I am God, the God of your father. He said, do not be afraid. To go down to Egypt. For I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you. And I will surely bring you back again. By divine direction. Jacob went down to Egypt. Egypt was nearby. And it was a friendly country. There were plenty of Jews. We are told about a million Jews lived in the city of Alexandria. And in the book of Acts chapter 2, we see people from Egypt coming to the Pentecostal feast. Egypt served as a place of refuge for many Israelites in the past. Particularly, Egypt was safe from the rule and dominion of Herod, the cruel king who wanted to kill Jesus Christ. So you notice there was no room for Jesus in the inn. And now no room for this one, the true son of Israel, in the whole land of Israel. Get up, take, flee, stay until I tell you. You can go to Egypt, Joseph, no problem. God is not only the God of Israel, he is the God of all the earth. He is in Israel, but he is also in Egypt. He is everywhere. At the same time, in all his fullness. And notice God himself brought these wise men from the east. So Joseph, the poor man, can have some substance, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And with these gifts... He goes to the west. God sent you, let me tell you. If God sent you, he will provide for you. Follow wherever he leads you without worry. He delights to feed us especially in the wilderness. Now we are told about the slaughter of the infants. Herod was a cruel king. He would kill any and all to secure his own power. I said last time he killed three of his own sons. He killed his own wife. He killed his own mother-in-law. Only five days before his death in 4 BC, he killed his son son Antipater. It was his desire to kill all the leading citizens of Palestine on the day of his own death to generate maximum mourning. Such a cruel monster is very angry now that he was outwitted by the Magi. He plans to kill all the male babies of Bethlehem and its vicinity. Male babies two years and under. 
Let me tell you, Herods of the world will, not, will take no chances to ensure the one born king of the Jews be killed. According to Herod, he and he alone is the king of the Jews. He will not recognize a higher authority. To him, he is the higher authority, at least in Israel. We read in Exodus 1 how a new king who knew not Joseph declared war against the chosen people of God. You remember that? It was his plan to kill all male babies of Israel. Had he succeeded, Jesus would not have been born. But you see, God always wins. So pharaohs, kings, Caesars, presidents, they all must fail and will fail. And I say, if you are resisting him, let me this morning guarantee you that you will fail. Pharaoh of Egypt and Herod of Palestine only kill male babies. They were not the most cruel people who ever lived. The most cruel people are living in this century. But rulers of today are more brutal than the rulers of all previous centuries. Modern rulers kill babies, all babies, male and female. Over 20 million babies killed since 1973 in this enlightened country alone. This century of all centuries is the worst in terms of cruelty. Look at the killing of Stalin and Mao Zedong, the killing of the Armenians, the killing of the Jews, and the killing of the killing fields. Millions and millions are killed. With president's approval, with the ruling of mere men, fallible men of the Supreme Court and the Congress, all these killings demonstrate their hatred for a sovereign God and his laws. But in the end, they shall not win. In the end, God of the Bible alone wins. He is long-suffering, I said. But he shall act in his own appointed time. Yes, Herod killed male babies of Bethlehem. Maybe about 20 or more. And the Greek church on December 29th celebrates a festival called the Feast of the Holy Innocent. It should be the Feast of Infants. And the Latin Church celebrates the same festival on the 28th of December. God won and he, Herod, did not kill Jesus. He thought he did. He did not kill Jesus, the infant, the male infant. But let me assure you, he will be killed, this Jesus. But only at the appointed time. God himself will deliver him over to be crucified. Jesus will freely go to the cross for our sins. But not now. You may ask why did God not prevent the killing of these babies in Bethlehem? Or why God does not prevent the killing of these millions of babies who are aborted every day? This is a mystery. God is good. 
And God is able. Yet he does all things according to the purpose of his own will. Which at times are inscrutable. He spared the life of Isaac. Remember that? But he did not spare the lives of these Bethlehem babies. Though he spared the life of Jesus temporarily soon. He will not spare the life of his own son. We all are born sinners subject to the wrath of God. We deserve to die. To me it is no mystery that sinners die and deserve to die. Including infants. Yet the mystery of mysteries is that one day Jesus who did not deserve to die. Would die for his people. God did not prevent the killing of the male babies of Bethlehem. He does not prevent the human brutality of abortion today. He does not prevent the killing of his own people by the seed of the serpent throughout history. Such enmity, let me tell you, will continue until Christ comes again. But those who are now alive must remember, you are given an opportunity to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that you may have eternal life. The purpose of this temporal life is to possess eternal life through Jesus Christ, who alone is the way, the truth, and the life. Soon we also shall die or be killed. But then death would not matter to those who possess eternal life. But I want us to know this, the murderers of this world shall not win in the end. All their victories are very, very temporal. And now we are told about how God intervened again in the life of Joseph in Egypt. As God of the covenant was with Jacob in Egypt, as he was with Moses and his people in Egypt, he was also with Joseph. Now he guides him again. We are told the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream. Joseph had to stay in Egypt until he heard from God. Now in a dream he hears from God. Get up! (laughs) Take the child and the mother. Go into the land of Israel. The reason is given for those who sought to kill the baby. They all are what? Dead. Not just Herod. This echoes what God spoke to Moses in the wilderness. We read in Exodus 4.19. God spoke to Moses. Go back to Egypt. The men who wanted to kill you are dead. 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 Pharaohs are dead. Kings are dead. Caesars are dead. Presidents are dead. Justices are dead. Legislators are dead. It's appointed for man wants to die. And then comes the judgment. They are dead, Joseph. They are dead. Don't be afraid. Go into the land of Israel. So around 4 BC, Herod the great fox, the cruel monster, died of a loathsome disease in Jericho. Just five days after he had killed his own son. God alone, let me tell you, is from Eternity to eternity, he is the one who said, I am that I am. He alone has life in himself. He alone is sovereign. He alone laughs and scoffs at the puny attempt.
attempts of the world rulers to overthrow him. Get up, Joseph. Everything is all right. So Joseph goes to Israel. Jesus, in whom the history of Israel is recapitulated, is now called out of Egypt as he did Israel of old under the leadership of Moses. And look at Joseph again, a a good example of a believer. As always obeyed, he now obeys. He leaves Egypt with the child and his mother. And we gather that it is his desire to settle down in Bethlehem. Because Joseph knows that Jesus is the king of Israel, the son of David, the savior of the world. It is better for this child to grow up in the city of David. Besides, Joseph had friends and family there. It was his own city. Besides, the city of Jerusalem is nearby for the religious life of this child. He wanted to live close by. But he was told, Archelaus, brother of Antipas, ruled Judea. He was one of the sons of Herod the Great. He had his father's nature. He was very cruel. In fact, as soon as he got into power in 4 BC, he killed 3,000 pilgrims as they were worshipping in the temple. He would be banished by the Romans within 10 years because of his ruthlessness. Joseph was in a quandary. What to do? But you see, don't worry. God's guidance came to him the fourth time. Let me say this to you, if your desire is to follow God in his path of righteousness, let me guarantee you and let me assure you, my God will guide you. You want to follow in his way, he will guide you. And he guides in his way and not in our way. And his ways are not always easy. Even today he guides us by his infallible Holy Scriptures. Even today he guides us by his Holy Spirit. Even today he guides us by his fallible yet holy church. But if we are rebels, we shall not receive his guidance. Instead, we shall walk in a way that seemeth right in our own eyes. Have you read that in the Bible? There is a way that seemeth right in one's own eyes, but the end thereof are ways of death. But that end is not shown to the individual. So Joseph was guided to go north to Galilee to settle down in Nazareth. Not a city of great prominence. It was a place of, for Roman soldiers Nazarenes were therefore looked down upon by others. Nazarenes were known as compromisers, consorting with the Gentiles and enemies. Even Nathaniel, remember? Even Nathaniel from Cana asked Philip when he told him the good news. What was the good news? We have found the one Moses and the prophets wrote about. Jesus of Nazareth. (laughs) And what did he say? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Old Testament did not say one word about Nazareth. Jesus, a green little shoot 
from the tree stump of Jesse, the despised one, came from a despised town, Nazareth. Most did not know Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But let me tell you, God in his providence ordained that he grew up in Galilee, in Nazareth, a despised town. It was part of his humiliation. God became man, lived in Nazareth, crucified as a criminal. For our sakes, he was despised. And when he was crucified, there was a superscription. And it says, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. <laughs> that is reductio ad absurdum. Meaning, how can a man from Nazareth to be king of the Jews? Laughable, in other words. And St. Paul is called the ringleader of the Nazarene sect, the despised sect. The shame is still there. Yes, he was despised. And we read in Isaiah 53 and verse 3, he was despised and rejected by men. He was despised and we esteemed him not. But let me tell you, yet his humiliation was for our exaltation. St. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah and chapter 9. Prophet Isaiah says this wonderful words. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Sibylun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you. As people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. God in Christ dwelt in Nazareth. He dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Light in darkness. He dwelt in Nazareth. To dispel our gloom and our fear and our death. God sent him with the purpose to save the despised. And he accomplished it. Let me ask you, did God win in his purpose to save his people? He did. God protected our Lord Jesus Christ till that hour came. Then he said, my hour has come. And he moves forward to the cross to die. And he did die. And good news has come to us. He took us out of our gloom, our misery, our darkness, our death. He came as a despised one to get rid of our humiliation. Hallelujah. <laughs> God always wins. He outwits all of us. Go ahead, Herods, Presidents, Caesars, Kings of the earth. 
go ahead, resist him. But one day he would say, those who opposed me are all what? Dead. 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 God prevented Magi from going back to Herod. God directs Joseph to flee to Egypt. God directs him to return to the land of Israel. He directs him to settle down in Nazareth. God provided for him by men of the east. (laughs) He kept him safe until that moment that he may die on the cross for us. He saves his people. He wins. But let me tell you, he's coming again to deal with every rebel who is now feeling such surge of power in his resistance against the almighty God. He's coming. King of kings, Lord of lords. And he will come to rule with a rod of iron. Be faithful even until death. Don't worry about death. You shall never die. He who believes in him possesses eternal life. Be faithful till death. And he will give you a crown of life. Not only he wins, he makes you a winner. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us not to resist you and then rationalize our resistance. Help us, O Lord, not to be like Herod, but like Joseph. Better still, like your own son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah. Forgive our sins. Forgive our rebellion. Forgive our stubbornness. Forgive all our puny attempts to bring you down from your throne. Help us even today, O God, to forsake our evil, our stubbornness, our arrogance, our wanting to tell you off, our wanting to laugh at your infallible word, our wanting to believe in new age philosophy, that we are gods and we all are creators and we could create our own reality. Deliver us, O Lord, from these demonic ideas. All such people shall fail. They will become losers on the last day. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your Son who dwelt in Nazareth and we saw light and we are saved. Hallelujah. You made us winners with you. Praise you, O God. We thank you for this great work of salvation you have done. We ourselves were rebels sitting on our own thrones, but in your mercy you brought us down. And taught us to confess Jesus Christ is Lord. For the glory of God the Father. Save your people, we pray. Hallelujah. Because you have united to your son, Jesus Christ. Who said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Hallelujah. May the fullness of grace be with them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.